you're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sebi. I'm Jan. And I'm so very cold. And this is a Eurovision podcast for the rest of us. We took a very short break, but we're back now after the holidays and a lot has been happening. And I mean, very much. I don't even know where to begin. Got well, it. first, first, I think we can say Happy New Year to everybody. Yes. And I hope you guys celebrated it uh, in a way as you wanted. And now you're back on track and, you know, we are. So we are here again with, with another episode to sum it up what was going on in the past few days, weeks. Yes, and I, I feel like you, you're going to both educate me today, because where I've been away, I, I didn't really keep up with everything, so I haven't heard all the songs, I don't know all the news, so I'm just going to let you two talk and, and educate me and everybody else today. What happened, Sebi, in, in the meantime? Let's stay in the old year still for a while, where Albania chose its entry in FIC 62, and of course they have chosen Semren Ndore, I obviously pronounced it wrong, by Besa Kokedima. So, guys, did you follow Fick at all this year? I mean, it's it was Fickmas, so it was obviously <laughs> the start of an Eurovision season, and uh, it was uh, you know it's it's an official start of of the twenty twenty four class. Um, I would say Fick is always offering you know some uh, formula formula which is going on for ages now, and it was no surprise when we saw Bessa um, announcing that she will do a revamp of the song. You know, so it's again no surprise. I would say, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like it's been quite some time since there was no revamp for Albania, or oh, I was pretty much a guarantee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like you know, it's a format which works on its own. So um, they obviously want to, you know, to dig in with 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 something which works for the local audience, and then you know, somehow. Um, putting the game up uh, for the international uh, public when it comes to Eurovision. I'm used to watching these shows at 4.30 in the afternoon. So watching it from Doha at midnight was kind of a shock to the system. And like after, of course, touring around and shopping all day long, it was uh, I have very v- brief, very vague memories of this. Is she the one that had the metal tits? Is that her, the one that won? In the semifinal. Yes. Because I, I, I watched that. I didn't get to see the final because w- I was traveling again. But uh, that's all I remember. I remember muscles and a dress and then these metal boobs. That's pretty much my whole memory of Fick this year. That was my Fick. Uh, which, which is pretty much Fick, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fick on its way to Fika. But that's maybe a story. Ooh, for... Fick to Fika. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's... All right. I mean, it's nothing very unexpected from Albania, but uh, I have to say I like the rep part in the middle. That's quite unexpected. And I hope that they keep that and maybe enhance it and don't make it, you know, too standard. But overall, so far, I mean, this is very typical from Albania. Yeah. And they usually qualify. I mean, they've got time now to, re- like you said, to revamp it and get the staging ready. And oh, yeah, they'll, they they'll be fine. And it's 17th, and that's the rule for Albania. <laughs> But we should really, like, uh, when it comes to Albania, I think we can all agree to that. Like, uh, when we were watching Eurovision from from uh, Barcelona, Spain, last year, um, 
I think none of us really saw them as a qualifiers until we saw how the staging the live, show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> live show actually worked. It doesn't happen very often, but that was the case when when it was pretty much so clear to see them, you know, in the in the grand final of 2023. Yeah, just bring the um, right piece of fabric and you'll qualify. Exactly. So, <laughs> and giving some drama, giving some, you know, vocals, giving some, you know, screams, yeah. but you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, something that we uh, posted about on our socials, actually, but didn't discuss in the podcast yet, are the songs of Benidorm 2024, mm. the Spanish national selection. Um, I think it's a very good national selection, actually, very diverse and very, you know, it offers different, different genres and everything. Do you have favorites, guys? Uh, the thing is, I, I, I like to say that uh, when it comes to um, Benidorm Fest, uh, even though at the beginning uh, people were, you know, sort of skeptical when it when it comes to Spain, especially to the countries of the big five, whenever, you know, it, it's a guaranteed spot in the grand final. So sometimes some of these countries, they really do... Um, they really do want to not to make so much effort of it, but um, I would say it's 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 a great year, and and I'm I'm I think we are all you know uh, in the game for hearing something good to hearing something you know versatile, and I think it's mm-hmm. it's um, we're in for a treat when it comes to Spain. So, but all in all, I would say that like as it is right now i think 2024 will be one of the strongest years i mean from from what it was offered to us i think we're in for a like really really great addition so that also i think implies on well, more more so than the songs themselves i think there's a lot of uh, pressure on spain especially from well there's always pressure from their own fans because they're quite uh, numerous and quite loud but the international fans as well i mean you you went from slow-mo that i mean almost won take Kalush aside, but they did quite well, Chanel, obviously. Mm-hmm. And last year, all the hype over Blanca Paloma going into uh, Liverpool and, of course, comes last in the televote. So you have t- we've had two Benidorm Fests with two very different results, and now we seem to have a very strong lineup again this year. So what's going to happen once we get to Malmö? I think in that sense, Spain and Albania are a bit uh, similar because, you know, they don't really choose for Eurovision, but they choose what fits best to them, which is fine, of course. But, you know, uh, we saw it last year with Blanca Paloma. It just didn't resonate with the rest of Europe at all. But I have to say, I have two highlights in Spain. Uh, the one, the first one is San Pedro, which I think is a huge dark horse. And I think this could have the, if it goes to Eurovision, this could have the, like, Salvador Sobral effect, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, then Nebulosa with Sora, which I think already is this year's Nochentera, because I think it's already yeah. number one on, uh, in the Spanish charts or on Spanish Spotify uh, charts at least. And it's such All over a the place. And I don't know if it goes to Eurovision. I actually think it won't because it's a bit, you know, maybe it might be too extreme. Well, and with the voting system in Benidorm too, it's really hard for these uh, fan bops to win because you've got to convince that demographic jury and the rtve jury too which has most of the say so it's really tough yeah i would just say that it, it's not really necessary that like there's any recipe as as for now because like i remember i think last year i was driving the taxi on off from airport in bulgaria in varna 
back to my apartment and the first thing i heard on the local bulgarian radio station was Nocentera, which was weirdly <laughs> enough at 1 a.m you know and it wasn't an international radio station it was pretty much local bulgarian radio station and what i wanted to say with this is um nowadays even though like back in the day it was the biggest success you could do um qualifying to eurovision but there were so many examples when when songs let's say we can put it i'm not aware of i don't know aas radio success in spain but let's say i mean nochentera didn't didn't win the 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 national selection but still became a huge hit you know so what's what's the bigger victory is it like qualifying to that stage being performing you know once and I mean, it's harsh to say, but never again. Or is it better not to get there and get the international, you know, mm-hmm. wider audience just outside of the Eurovision? Because the song is still loved between yeah. both of the communities. The ones who doesn't follow Eurovision just know it from what? Football Anthem? Was it something like that? Yeah, the, the, the Spanish women played it when they won the the Women's World Cup this year. Well, 2023. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So on the other hand, there's, I mean, a lot of Eurofans who still, you know, don't dig in into that much, but they still know Nochentera wherever you go. So it's a double win, you know, from this point of view. So sometimes you really have to think strategically to see what's um, what's actually your your goal with a song. And I definitely think that Sora will have the same effect. And even if it doesn't go to Eurovision, it will be well loved in the Euro clubs and in Bulgarian radio uh, shows. <laughs> we will see. Maybe if we have somebody from Bulgaria, let us know a few months from now if 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 uh, Zora is is working well in Bulgaria. So yeah. All right. Um, shall we stay uh, with the national finals and maybe move to Croatia next? It's been a very long afternoon. Uh, because uh, each of the songs were played on HR2. I think, Dave, you followed a little bit. We were texting. Uh, very, was... very little. I was at work, so I couldn't really follow along. Yeah. I just I, I heard Letre, basically, and maybe one or two others. But uh, props to you for toughing it out and listening for all those hours to all those songs. Yeah, it was an adventure, for sure. Uh, one of the biggest uh, rumors about it, or maybe let's say one of the things that are um, in the game for the biggest change when it comes to uh, Dora this year is like uh, HRT is intensively preparing to their national selection. But apparently um, it should happen in Zagreb instead um, instead of Opatia, which was the home of Dora for so many years. I think the last time, maybe Sebi, you can correct me, but the last time uh, Dora was in Zagreb was when Daria won with uh, celebrate. Um, with celebrate, um, was that the last Could time? Be, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Could be. Yeah. So um, in that case, they they went for what 24, 25 songs. Um, we see some returning artists as well. Um, they selected you know four extra songs in case if somebody's you know withdrawing from the contest. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of drama actually when it comes to I mean drama uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to let three participation I don't know how much are you aware of that but um, apparently uh, let three are having this huge I would say a PR campaign when they're saying they didn't send a song 
to the national selection and this is actually somebody else you know sending Amazing. that there and it's sometimes you really have to get the uh humor of letri for that case because it's an ongoing story for so many years um mm-hmm. they're back with a song called babaroga yeah mm-hmm. which i have no idea what that could mean anyway even though nobody knew what mama show also means but you know <laughs> Uh, so I think this is actually their PR campaign of of them, you know, not participating in Dora and somebody else sending a song, which we probably know this is not true, but, you know. Yeah, I think uh, what's weird is um, Baby Lasagna. First of all, the name is amazing, but this was also, you know, a backup act. And it seems to be like the other fan favorite next to Letria. And yeah. uh, I can't believe that this was a backup entry because this is better than you know at least twenty of the others that are were already directly in the selection. I think this is amazing. It's wild. Um, but I don't know. It seems to be shaping up to have many. We have many crazy acts. I feel like we're gonna have because you know, in the other ones we talked about, like Estonia has a huge favorite that is very you know sort of crazy and almost novelty act like and uh we talk about norway in a minute um do you think this has to do with the 100 percent televote in the semi which we already discussed with jan bors a few months ago i would say that this is uh something that um is definitely connected with karia's participation last year in liverpool okay. because um it was obviously you know two kind of not audiences, but like two groups of people. Somebody were like, you know, getting there for music for Lorene. Somebody else were uh, for the story with Karia. Um, a lot of them were, were like a mixture of of uh, liking both of them. But I would more say that this is actually the influence of of Finnish participation from last year, where um, slowly Eurovision, which is a good thing, it's not just a place for, you know bubbly pop music and it's an open space for everyone and i think this kind of artists they they kind of discovered uh that it's a great platform to promote the music and i would say this is one of the main reasons why this is the case and i mean i'm i'm I'm, once i've heard the snippet of baby lasagna i was like yes (laughs) and i i hope that i'm wrong but like if the if the snippet of let three uh if it's as good as the snippet is i don't see them as a you know, returning winner uh, yeah. once again, because I think that Baby Lasagna can really um, eat them up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to make another I mean, top five for Croatia and make sure that Baby Lasagna is there. Absolutely. Yes. Well, we already mentioned Norway a little bit. Um, we just posted our top five on Norway and we might yes, have a few yeah. guests in Norway coming up. Maybe, um, maybe. But uh, what are your overall thoughts on Norway? Did you already manage to listen to the songs? Uh, some of them. Some of them. I really like Am Princess. It's such a good one. And that was our number one, obviously, in, in on TikTok. Uh, yeah, I, I like Kaino. Uh, Margaret Berger is back. Very good. I mean, it, it feels a bit more open than most years because while there are some heavy hitters and some very big names there, a lot of the, the names that I guess aren't as well known outside of Norway have come with some some pretty good songs as well. So it might not be a walk in the park for Kaino or for Margaret. They might have some competition. I mean, um, 
as they said, they 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 promised uh, that they will deliver something, and in that case, there is eighteen eighteen songs which will compete for for the Eurovision ticket. And I would say that, like in each and every of the hits, I would say there is a lot of strong ones and uh, songs, obviously. And I would say that um, it will be a great show once um, once they will be performing. Obviously, it's a lot of a lot up to do with live performances which right. can change a lot you know in a second but um and i mean based I off based off of these studio versions i i don't think there's many there that probably wouldn't qualify in malmo i don't see norway going home early like the last time the contest was in sweden yeah no i would say i would say that like they're each and every uh heat they have like a great songs uh, obviously there's a lot of eyes on kaino and on the margaret berger which is opening the heat one um and it's pretty much you know uh they 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 decided to go big this year as well but yet again we shouldn't be fooled by by the names only uh we should definitely see how you know we we talked just few few minutes before about how albanian song for liverpool was yeah well it's good for them to be there but but once they you know delivered on the stage it changed the story completely um so there's a lot of you know i see i'm trying to see a lot of on social media there's a lot of people saying you know oh great kind of back um it's kind mm -hmm. of they um they left an influence on the eurovision 2019 and it's obviously they have their own fandom yeah. still active apparently they released um around 30 songs in like four years which is a lot mm -hmm. an album as well and uh, this kind of feels like um they are you know dedicated to their first ever audience which is eurovision no i think i already wrote this in my review check out our reviews on buildingbridgespot.com by the way oh. <laughs> I, already, I think i have the feeling with norway that many artists just uh relax on their status and on their big names and don't even you know really bother sending in the best that they can because i think neither margaret and especially not kaino delivered what they actually are capable of. I think Kaino Song is by far their weakest in the Eurovision cosmos that we've oh, had so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think if they would go to Eurovision, it would be a shockingly low result for them even. I could see that, you know, being like... Uh, Sorry, because I'm interrupting you, but I, I would say it's also like they uh, they try... This This is like their third time, right? Trying it in Yes, MVP. Yes, <laughs> and even though it's... It, I would say it's a good song. I would say it's a good, it's a fun song, but as you said, it's probably the weakest one when it comes to their mm -hmm. uh, all of their attempts. Um, yeah. Even though the, the public will definitely support them, but I could definitely see. It's not overly there. jury friendly, is it? No, uh, less than Spirit in the Sky, and that was already not that well received yeah. with the voice. No, yeah. and I think you know the smaller names are actually having better songs. You know. They're just, you know, smaller artists, you know, maybe lesser known. But like, as you said, Anne Princess is great. I think Milo with Your Mind is great. Um, the big question, of course, is also a very highly discussed one. What do we think about the AI song? <laughs> the Super Ooh. Rock. I well, sent a message to Dave and I said, it sounds exactly like Every Time We Touch by Cascada. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dave or I, we are not really reliable source to have an opinion when it comes to songs, which can be, you know, like every time we touch, because you know we have a weak spot for pop songs from the thousands. Anyway, yes. EDM is so good. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, but, you know, like the technology is going on and there's been a lot of, you know, uh, speculations and a lot of um, uh, divided opinions on, on using AI in national selections. Um, yeah. There's no secret that some of the smaller countries want to... Mm-hmm. Um, get that approach but you know well san marino is incorporating it into their final process so of course (laughs) because san marino wow i I can't wait for that part of the story oh i have popcorn ready to go can't wait (laughs) (laughs) no but this comes uh with the discussion of autotune as well because this ai song of course is highly highly autotuned no You wouldn't know, you know, what a surprise. (laughs) No, but uh, the EBU actually responded to that. And I think on that note, we can read that out really quickly because... uh, It was official statement for that. Uh, They they actually, they they wanted to react to that, which is, I think, the right idea, uh, mainly because there was a lot of misinterpretation regarding that topic and uh, fans went crazy, which is obvious whenever there's anything like that, which is escalating really quickly. And of course, NRK asked about it because they allow autotune in MGP, but so far it's never been allowed in Eurovision. And uh, DBU responded that live vocals are very important in the format and in the competition's tradition, and that the performance must take place live and without manipulation. But autotune can be used as a sound effect on parts of a song, but we do not allow it to correct the tone of the lead singer or the lead choir throughout the song. I think you'll see the EBU slowly over the years start to maybe weaken their stance on that a little bit. Not fully. I I think it still needs to be a music competition. But uh, every time uh, either Jan Olasand or now Martin Oosterdahl speaks about the competition, about Eurovision in general, it's always, well, we're trying to make the best possible live show and we're open to, right? So if auto-tune and AI can improve the experience for viewers, I think they'll they'll find ways of incorporating it maybe without ruining the actual musical portion of it without, you know, live vocals, but sure, let's play with everything else. I would say that this could be very offensive to professional singers, to the ones who can definitely have a great control of their voice, who knows how to use the breathing. I mean, the ones who know how, how to deliver so closely to what studio track is all about. And, you know, in that case, I know technology is great. And I, let's say, me personally, I don't mind autotune when it comes to studio tracks or to um, to tracks who are, I don't know, uh, meant to be just for a like, studio version of the song, performed in, in studio version as well. But when it comes to live competition like Eurovision is, it, it definitely should be uh, a great package of it all. So of great vocals, of great production, of of uh, great performance whatever that could be for any song and yeah. i would say i'm here with ibu so th- there shouldn't be uh, any autotune which is you know uh, on the other hand helping an average singer to do well uh, yeah. or maybe even better than the one who's doing this professionally for their whole life um so there should be a line i get where um they're going with mgp as a as a show because their their main focus is obviously on their national selection because it's it's a big show program and this is why they want to deliver it in the best way as possible but on the other way this is a pre-selection for the big stage for the big one which is waiting for us in sweden so this is why i get why 
why um, autotune shouldn't be. Uh, I I don't I don't mind autotune being used in 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 its you know studio track as a part of some backing vocals or something which which doesn't really imply on the lead vocal, yeah. but like it should really. Um, I think Lisa Asia would turn in the grave if if uh, <laughs> would be him. That's the final statement on that matter. I think that's yeah. very that's a very good point. Well, one more national final that we didn't mention so far was Moldova. I think one reason is that there were just too many songs. I couldn't keep track of them. Um, but, of course, Aliona Moon, who we all know from Malmö last time with her exactly. huge dress. Uh, she withdrew one day after the songs were announced in Moldova. Yeah, what was that about? Do we know? I, I don't think there was a reason given. <laughs> That's... Uh, I'm yeah. so excited that we have this one country in the family, which is, you know, a black sheep in in in, in the whole, you know, uh, in the whole family. Like, I mean, I'm one of my favorite highlights of Eurovision season is always live audition auditions of uh, mm-hmm. Etapa Nazionale in in uh, Moldova, um, starting always like at the most random timings. Uh, this time, I think we will have an honor to follow this on on their YouTube on at what a 3 p.m central european time um and it's it's fantastic i love how bizarre it is i love how we have some some troll entries every year um there's a specific artist which is always having you know i would say a very songs with specific titles uh, who's yeah. trying to win, you know, every year, but like at the end, they always end up with somebody with the only, probably the only proper song of the selection. Um, but or yes, usually I, a returning artist, you know, <laughs> that's very yes. popular in Moldova recently. Yeah. Um, we still have Natalia Barbu in Moldova. She was, uh, of course, representing Moldova in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so a return is overdue. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, have you guys noticed how many uh, Eurovision acts are returning to their national finals this year? I, think I was just, I was just about to say it's it's the I, mean, I don't remember when was the last time where was a lot. Of, I mean that huge amount of, of an artists being mm-hmm. um, in 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 the game for uh, in the running to represent the, their country again. Just to mention a few of them it's let three who was there last year it was dami and damir kejo also in croatia who you know never made it to the eurovision stage to the um, pandemic you have a legendary constructor you have the roop you have margaret berger kaino you know there's a huge amount of them uh mm-hmm. also a lot of them in italy as well so it's 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 um i would say it's a proper opportunity for all of them maybe because it's you know, it's 50th anniversary of ABBA, uh, <laughs> ABBA's victory at Eurovision. So maybe they're trying to connect with that. Or is it the Lorraine effect? It comes back to the point that I said earlier about, you know, artists just relaxing on their names, you know, and relying yeah. on their fan base for who they are. And I mean, do you know these, you know, fictional song contests on YouTube and TikTok and so on that are just fan made, you know, and they just use their favorite mm-hmm. acts, you know, like... You would pick the route for Lithuania and Constructor for Serbia and Kaino for Norway and so on. No matter what the no matter what the song is, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's shaping out to be like that. <laughs> like, is it the fan fiction song contest this year? Uh, very bizarre. I, would, I wouldn't mind returning artists 
winning the whole thing if the song would be the best one don't get me wrong yeah uh it it just the thing that like as you said fandom is usually relying on those names and relying on this formula which was like you know working for them once all right um maybe let's talk quickly about what's coming up luxembourg still hasn't given us any updates but uh their songs should be released any day now. They said early January. Maybe uh, by the time this podcast is out, we'll have all the songs and we'll look the yeah. fool. <laughs> the early stage is long gone. But um, we know that our friend from Andorra is is involved in, in, in yes. this Luxembourgish uh, national final. So we wave to, to Suzanne and to Andorra for being involved and proactive when it comes to that. And I'm sure that, you know, she will do her job properly as she's raising the Andorran stars, music, upcoming music stars uh, in her home country. But yeah. uh, anyway, there's a, so there's, um, there's a lot of stuff coming up uh, next week. We will have, um, we will have, so as we said, uh, finish acts announced on the 10th. On 13th, we have Etapa Nationale with uh, Moldova's auditions. Um, we have MGP Hit 1 and we have Lithuania with Hit 1 on the same day, starting 10 minutes later than Norway. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff coming up. I think the Eurovision season is slowly kicking in and I think we we don't mind that don't we well yeah and think about it we're at what eight nine weeks away from the deadline for broadcasters to submit their songs to the ebu yeah. and we still have 30 plus countries that need to pick an artist and song so <laughs> do the do the math we're going to have a couple per week now going through until mid-march so it's going to get really busy oh i'm so excited and don't forget to follow up on our um, website buildingbridgespot.com you will see all the news uh, episodes and other stuff coming up uh, throughout the season um, don't forget to follow us on social media on our tiktok and um, we will talk to you very soon bye bye hey door.